subject today. Um, we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount and we're coming to the bit today that deals with how to stop worrying and start living. And we're using Nikki Gumbel's book, The Jesus Lifestyle, to help us with our thinking about this. So let's begin by reading the passage, which is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. And it should come up on the screen in just a minute. There we go. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Some of us are more prone to worry than others. But we all know what it is to be worried and anxious, and probably every one of us in this room has had a sleepless night at some time in life worrying about something. Indeed, it seems there's always so much to worry about. Our families, our jobs, or lack of them, our finances, our health, our homes, bereavement, relationship difficulties, the environment, the list is endless. And just as soon as we resolve one worry, another pops up in its place. Jesus never promised that our lives would be free of worry, but he did promise that he is our good shepherd, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and that he gives us the gift of peace when we seek to follow him, no matter how difficult or worrying our circumstances. Jesus himself had many causes to worry, including being misunderstood, threatened with death, an unfair trial. He knew the pressure of powerful temptations, of unjust suffering, the betrayal by trusted friends, and that he was to die on the cross for the sins of the world. He is therefore supremely qualified to say to us, do not worry, and to tell us why not. In this passage, he helps us to deal with worry by pointing us to himself and to a right way of thinking about our problems and difficulties. Nikki Gumbel suggests that Jesus gives us six tools to help us deal with worry. And number one is to understand life's purpose. 
So in verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? We have a tendency to worry about material things, some of which are rel relatively unimportant. Of course, we all need our basic needs met. And our God is a generous God who does not want us to be in need. But if we only concentrate on external material things, then we are missing out on the whole purpose of life. Advertising and social media constantly draw our attention to externals and to focus on image rather than character, on the here and now rather than the eternal. But Jesus reminds us that the whole point of life is to have a relationship with God through Jesus and that focusing on all these other things not only causes worry but distracts us from our true purpose. He makes this point very clearly later on in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? A prayer I often pray for myself and for my children is from Psalm 119. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Understanding that life's primary purpose is about developing our relationship with God and living a life that glorifies him will protect us from unnecessary worry about externals, which are of secondary importance. The second tool we can use is to keep things in perspective. Jesus encourages us to trust in the goodness of God who will provide for our needs. In verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Just like the birds of the air who work hard to find insects, berries, and seeds to eat, we must work hard to provide for ourselves and our families. But to worry about this is a slander on God's character, suggesting that he cares more for his pets than for us. We must keep our faith and trust in God that he cares for us and he will provide what we need. I went through a tough time financially a few years ago when my first marriage broke down and I was worried about how to pay all the bills and provide what was needed for myself and my two sons. One morning I cried out to God, in my distress and open my Bible at these verses from Psalm 112. They seem to leap off the page at me and to be encouragement from God for me to trust him. I have feminized the passage so it's not actually up on the screen to make it more personal to us as women. So the, this is what it said. Blessed is the woman who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. Good will come to her, who is generous and lends freely, who conducts her affairs with justice. Surely she will never be shaken. She will have no fear of bad news. Her heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Her heart is secure. She will have no fear. I had been giving money regularly to support an orphaned girl in India and was tempted to cancel my payments. But I felt the Holy Spirit urging me to continue giving and to trust in God's faithful provision. I and my sons lived very simply during the next few years, being careful with money 
and I worked very hard teaching in my ballet school six days a week. I decided every day to trust God, and in his faithfulness, he sent me more pupils and my ballet school grew so that my income was, in the end, more than sufficient for our needs. My perspective was that God loves me and he will help me. Therefore, I will not worry, but will use that energy to work hard and trust God's provision. I would often encourage myself by reminding myself that Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And this leads us on to the third tool that we can use to help us overcome worry. Trust God's provision. In verses 28 to 32, we read this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, of, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Jesus is gently reminding us that those who do not have faith in God are primarily concerned about materialistic things and they often worry about them but we are called to be different because we can trust our heavenly father to whom we can draw near in times of anxiety he knows our needs and will help us peter encourages us to trust god he says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and paul also encourages encourages us to trust god in Philippians, he writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's important to commit these verses to memory so that when you are struggling with anxious thoughts, you can recall them and encourage yourself to believe and trust that God will help you. Recite them often. God knows what we need, and many times I have experienced his provision when I have prayed and decided to trust him. I'd like to share two quick examples. When I started my ballet school in Solihull, I hired a small hall at a tennis club in which to hold my dance classes. But after a couple of years, I needed a larger and more suitable hall. I did some research, found a superb hall with a sprung floor in a prime location in Solihull with a car park. But when I inquired about it, I knew I couldn't afford it. So I kept praying and asking God to provide what was needed. Each term, I would phone the manager of the hall and say that I was still interested, but she was adamant there could be no reduction on the fees. I kept praying and one day received a phone call from the manager to say that she hadn't been able to get me out of her mind and she had persuaded the committee to let me hire the hall at a reduced rate for my first 12 months. I was overjoyed as it enabled me to take on all the children who'd been on my waiting list and to expand the number of classes, thus providing the income I needed to support my family. A few years later, my elder son, Ben, 
had finished university and came home to live with me and my younger son, James. He was applying for full-time jobs, but managed to get a job in a pub while he was looking for full-time work. However, it wasn't on a bus route, so we decided he needed a car to get to this pub. I didn't have a clue ha about how to find a good but cheap second-hand car for him, so I prayed. We went to a local garage, but couldn't see anything we could afford, and we were just standing on the pavement wondering what to do next, when a man cycling by jumped off his bike, looked at me and said, are you looking for a car for your son? <laughs> Astonished, I said, yes. And he proceeded to direct us to a garage and said, you'll find a car there that's just right for you. And then he got back on his bike and pedaled off. <laughs> so we went to that garage and sure enough, there was a little car sitting on the forecourt that was exactly the amount of money we had set aside to buy a car. So we bought it and it kept going really well for several years. We were very grateful to God for his guidance and provision. But Ben wasn't having any success in finding a proper job, even though he had a good maths degree. He just kept on working at the pub whilst applying for graduate jobs, but was becoming increasingly frustrated and disappointed by his lack of progress. And it didn't help that lots of people kept telling us how much in demand maths graduates are. <laughs> the months rolled by and I was increasingly worried for him. I kept praying and asking God to provide, but I couldn't see how it was going to happen. Ben worked in that pub for nearly two years, and one day, one of the regulars at the pub, who often chatted to Ben, told him that he was managing director of a logistics firm and that he'd like to offer Ben a job in his company. It was the most wonderful answer to prayer, and Ben loves working in logistics and is doing really well. Nothing is too hard for God. He is faithful. We can trust him. The fourth thing we can use, the fourth tool we can use to overcome worry is to be practical. In verse 27, Jesus tells us that worry is futile, unproductive, and pointless. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Worrying about something will not solve anything and may, in fact, make things worse as worry can lead to problems with our physical and mental health. So there are some practical ways to stop ourselves from indulging in worry. And these involve looking after our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. Simple things like taking a daily walk outside in the fresh air or taking part in some form of regular physical exercise that you enjoy are extremely helpful in relieving stress. And we also need to eat and drink sensibly. Meeting up with good friends or supportive members of our family who will show us love and encouragement really helps when we're feeling stressed and anxious. It enables us to talk through our worries and to offload them. Trying to get a good night's sleep can be really difficult when you're anxious and also when you have young children. So snatching a little nap in the day or just sitting in a comfy chair with your eyes closed for a short time can help us in facing difficulties in a positive way. Being overtired saps us of our inner resources. So try to make getting sleep and rest a priority. Getting spiritual encouragement is a very practical way of dealing with worry. So never be ashamed to ask someone to pray with you. Our small group time here at Oasis is ideal for us to do this. 
In Galatians 6.2, we read that we are to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We can do this by talking, listening and praying with each other and offering practical help where possible. Another practical and helpful thing to overcome worry is to learn and meditate on Bible verses and recall them regularly when you're worried about something to encourage yourself to trust God. If you know how to worry, then meditating is easy. You just keep thinking about the Bible verse and going over and over it the way you would do when you worry about something. But the result is the exact opposite of worry. Meditation on God's word will calm and strengthen you. If you're feeling worried about something, I would urge you to pray short prayers all through the day, asking for God to help you. Some people call these arrow prayers. Read the Bible every day so that you're feeding yourself with God's truth and peace. Meet with other Christians regularly to get encouragement and prayer. Note down answers to prayer in a journal so that you can look back and encourage your faith to grow. Fill your life with life-enhancing things that bring you joy. Philippians 4, 8-9 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I would suggest that you are choosy about what you read, what you watch, and what you look at on social media, as all these things can feed anxiety, whereas God's word will extinguish it. The fifth thing we can do to help ourselves is to focus on the present. In verse 34, Jesus says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If we take one day at a time, God will help us to deal with things. If we look further ahead and start worrying about the future, we can spend a lot of energy worrying about things that will never actually happen. Winston Churchill said, When I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which never happened. <laughs> Mark Twain similarly reflected, Most of my disasters never happened to me. Nicky Gumbel suggests that we should be more like young children who are naturally inclined to live in the present rather than worrying about last week or next year. This does not mean, however, that we should not plan for the future. The book of Proverbs often makes it clear that planning is vital and we need to make prudent provision for the future. We can actually avoid stress and worry by looking ahead and making plans, but this is different from worrying. And the final tool we can use, which is the most important one, and it's the key verse in the whole passage, I believe, is to sort out our priorities. In verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, if we give up our small ambitions and focus on building God's kingdom and righteousness in our own lives and in our society, then we can be assured that all our lesser needs will be met. It means getting our priorities right so that the self-centered and ultimately meaningless things we sometimes worry about 
and strive for, such as a bigger house, a better car, a bigger salary, become less important to us than the nobler ambition of building God's kingdom in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Jesus says that if we take on his priorities, then he will provide us with everything else we need. That is how to stop worrying and start living. Amen. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a minute, and then we'll go into our small groups. Um, I suggest in your small groups that you search the scriptures and encourage each other with some Bible verses. I'm sure you've all got resources and Bible verses that you have found helpful when you're worried about things. Share them with each other, look them up, note them down, and so that you can meditate on them and think about them. And then secondly, share your concerns with each other and pray for each other.